Zanzizi Zambibi. Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast. Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast. It's gotta, Batman. You gotta say it like Batman. I'm Bat Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's another video episode. I've got my good friend Mike, first time on the vid. Hello. My darling girlfriend, Casey. Hi. And she's amazing. And so is he. And we're here to talk about something I talk about every single day in my life. Every single day. Batman. I was going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> my dick. No. Um, truthfully, well, folks, I've prepared a statement. I love Batman. Really? Surprise. I love all the Batmans. All of them? From Adam West to Robert Pattinson. George Clooney? He was dealt an unfair <laughs> Ben <laughs> those, Affleck? Those nipples I do. were dealt. Wow. I, I, I do love all Batman stuff. Okay. I mean, I really... I, again, love is... Can... can be sort of a rough thing. Yeah, you can disapprove and still love. True. Yeah. Whether it's animated, illustrated, acted, controlled in Rocksteady games, or discussed online, it's all perfect to me. On June 23rd, 1989, I was six years old and going to Studio 28 in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yes. What up, Studio 28? There was an enigmatic poster, or genius, of genius simplicity. Why am I nervous? Is is it because I love that? This is the biggest episode. I'm nervous. (laughs) I'm like, honey, I'm not going to. I'm just going to do what I can because this is your time to shine. Every day is Batman for this man. Out of the 500 episodes you've done with everything you've done with podcasting, this is. I mean, it's it's all led up to this, I guess. This is it. So there's this massive sign. It's this yellow and black poster. Mm-hmm. But it becomes kind of like my thing. It said little, but said it all. It just had the symbol. Little six-year-old Ryan. That symbol? The bat. That oh, yeah. This one. I see it. <laughs> see, it's like I'm reverting to being six again. Oh, that, that's I what love I it. love yeah. about the fact that you love Batman is, you know, you are just this stoic man who gets stuff done and spoils me and raises his family and does his work like a pro every single day. But when it comes to Batman, the part of your soul opens up so childlike. And that's, I love that. Thank you. Aww. Well, let me, let me just keep going here. More to let, yeah. The Batman, it hypnotized me with its scale and drew me in 
with what it could mean. I didn't know what it meant. I just knew as a little boy munching on the popcorn with my taller than life six foot six dad, I was in a movie theater. I didn't know what I was going to see. And I don't know. Between the trailer for the movie and everything else, there wasn't much experience other than with superheroes other than Superman, which I did love. And I mentioned on the Academy Awards episode and there was this fascination like who are these people and going to the movie theater was a huge it was like my religion almost in a way going to the movie theater sitting in a dark theater with a massive screen and sound surround sound that's the best kind of church yes um at the movies not a mega church (laughs) (laughs) it's production either way yeah ever since then i've been a lifelong fan and I will continue to be when I'm a ghost. From the opening with Danny Elfman's, I'm going to give the music for this movie gets an 11 out of 10. This is, to me, this is the ultimate score. Like, I the, I can't tell you what, like, the, you know, like, when I think of a score to another movie, I just, nothing has ever topped this. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like, that first time you hear music or something like it just didn't it didn't resonate quite like the way that it resonated to little Ryan mm-hmm. when I heard it and I used to walk to school humming it. Well, it's heroic. Yeah, it's. Uh, but it does that thing where it balances the heroism with that little tinge of like almost like terror. goth horror. Yeah, it's the same feeling that would go on with Tim Burton when he made Edward Scissorhands after like you can see the seams mm-hmm. and this is don't get me wrong this is capital t capital b tim burton movie mm-hmm. um coming hot off the heels of uh what was it beetlejuice yeah which is really what greenlit him to be able to make this movie tim burton was before this he was just a illustrator at disney and somebody at warner brothers was like hey um have you seen this frankenweenie this is pretty good. <laughs> I got faith in the kid. And meanwhile, nerdy Tim Burton's like, oh boy, well, I'm think- not much of a comic fan. I sure do love to pout and draw pictures of sad children, <laughs> which I am internally. And have Johnny Depp in every single movie except for this one. Right. Interestingly enough, yeah. he doesn't. But as I said, Continuing on with my statement here. The Batman sense has become a symbol of all emotions and dynamics is what I would call American mythology. In fact, there was a class taught about it that came about with somebody who would go on to produce the film, which I'll get into much later, Um, of which I believe modern comics to be American mythology, not just American, I'll say worldwide mythology, current. In some sense, you could think in 300 years instead of we'll say i don't know hades athena the greek gods of old i think batman superman the flash spider-man will enter that own their own pantheon like oh do you do you think back in the day in new york city the one they called 2000 where where the god sam raimi came down and the man that was spider swung they already are gods in their own right here. Right. I mean, like, what do kids look up to? What do adults look up to? It's superheroes. And it's like, I, I'm going to make this real quick. Um, 
I would say like, um, like a lot of Marvel. I don't know too much about DC superheroes, but a lot of Marvel heroes are looked up because they're relatable. Right. I, I'm not a I'm not a billionaire, so I I can't relate to Batman. <laughs> oh right, and that's <laughs> and that's 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 what's good is there's in comics there tends to be a good plethora of characters for you to select from. I mean, there's not just the like you said the billionaire. There's the 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 street character who moonlights as a as a superhero. Yeah. Um, from Alan Moore's incredible The Killing Joke to the masterful animated series with the incredible pairing of Kevin Conroy, rest in peace, and Mark Hamill, attaching my other major childhood love of Star Wars in the best way by giving him a chance to play the cartoonish but brilliant Joker Brilliant. to kids in my age at the time. And don't sleep on the animated series. It holds up to today. Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dini's writing gave just as much as Alan Moore, Frank Miller, Grant Morrison, Bill Finger, Jeff Loeb, Jim Lee, etc. And sure, of course, Bob Kane. The rogues gallery is just as important as Batman and Gotham. Sure, in some ways they are archetypes, but they're brilliant ones that showcase in simple ways the intricacies of all of us constant and engrossed readers. Batman is hope, fear, and overcoming. Batman is nuts, off his meds, but dealing. <laughs> Batman is triumph and standing up for ourselves. Batman is hope in a dark world. Batman is goth. Batman is joy. Batman is relatable and tragic. Batman is what we all wish we could be at times. Batman could be Robert Smith's grandpa and is truly, for me, the greatest superhero of all time. On paper, it seems so silly even to me today, but as all things, when followed through had maybe the most impact of any pop culture art form ever. Batman 1989 is truly where my obsession, love, and adoration of the Dark Knight began. And so, I, I have one thing to say to, to add to this spiel, and that is basically, um, where was it here? It's a buildup. The anticipation. Uh, I'm needs an enema. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have I heard that in the last 24 hours? I, I, <laughs> I'm in bed and I've been coughing. It's like, babe, babe, babe. <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this town needs an enema. Look, it's... It, <laughs> I, 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 I did... I didn't want to overstep my bounds. I know Larry had his soundboard. I today, just for today, I have a bat board. You can have a soundboard. <laughs> yes, nobody has ranking this on anything. Needs an enema. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just love him. I mean, I, I, let's just off the cuff. We'll get into it a little bit here, but um, my. my Mike, you just watched the movie last night. I, I what was your, it wasn't my first time watching it, but it was, okay. it was uh, I mean, I saw it a long time ago. Because uh, you're th three years younger than me? I'm 40. You're 40. I'm 37. Okay, so, you're th so you would have been three when it came out. Yeah. Um, what is your story with this movie? When I saw it, when I remember when I first saw it, it was amazing. I it was it was terrifying. There were there were parts when I was rewatching it uh, this time that I was like, "Ooh, little Mikey would be shitting his pants right now." Um, just like with uh, Jack Nicholson's character, 
which uh like he really brought that movie to life yeah um i i, I think so uh michael keaton is great but jack nicholson he I, he's the uh, he's the sh- I guess the showrunner for it. Is I that- would I'm dude I Jack Nicholson, <laughs> Michael Keaton, <laughs> Billy D. Williams, <laughs> Kim Basinger. Uh, <laughs> no, she gets this. She's great. Um, okay, there's so much to talk about with this movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, and, and no, for you're the good. people who can't put the actors' names with the character they play, make sure that you. Uh, Kim Basinger us. is Vicky Vale, who was actually because Sean Young from Blade Runner and um, what was the other movie? Uh, she she's an Ace Ventura pet detective. She plays uh, laces out the detective the oh. the lady that's in charge of the precinct who's like who ends up. I mean, it's very not politically correct today, but being the football player just dressed as a woman. Or I, it's a been tra- so long since I've seen that. Transgender. Anyway, <laughs> yes. So Sean Young fell off a horse, hurt mm-hmm. herself, and she's like, fuck, I hurt myself. I can't make it to shooting in London. And then they literally faxed the script to Kim Basinger, and she's like, sure, I'll do it. I was just tending to orphans. I'm Kim Basinger. <laughs> oh, Alec Baldwin. My husband at the time, leave me alone. And he's like, I'm Alec Baldwin. I got a voice for radio. (laughs) So, um, yeah, Kim Basinger was filling in, but she came on set and literally she looked around and she's like, this is not a movie. This is an experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, 500 plus crew that are working on this movie. There is so much like and Robert Ebert. Full disclosure, didn't like this movie, gave it two stars, but, and I, I can I can agree to disagree. In this case, I agree with what he's saying. The art direction of this movie is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, Gotham City, to this day, up until maybe the, at least the animated series, but, like, the Batman that came out mm-hmm. recently, that Gotham, they got it right, too, but this is, for me, is the best version of Gotham ever. Well, G- Gotham's like New York City. That, right, like it's like Gotham's a made-up place, I think. Right? No, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's right next. It's to in it. Ohio. It could be a small little town. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's like a what you don't know about Gotham, Delaware. Yeah, no. Does Batman live there? <laughs> <laughs> well, Bruce Wayne does, but he knows nothing of Batman. No, no. So, okay, so. Bat, Batman. We'll talk. Okay, so shot in London at Pinewood Studios by Tim Burton and written by Sam Haim, with a crew of over, as I said, 500 people. This thing was a marvel and the biggest film of the time in 1989. On a budget of 35 million dollars, it was a massive gamble of a movie for Warner Brothers, who bought the rights from the Bat Film Corporation on the premise of going back to the original Bob Kane creation of a dark, tortured type of character trying to get away from the world, you know, mm-hmm. going out and punishing vigilantes, which like immediately I can, I can understand that, you know, like it's, it's the fuck these bullies. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll show them, you know, I'll dress up and creep them out and then scare the shit out of them. And then <laughs> it's like the, the older uncle that like would send you the 
forwards. It's like. I don't have an uncle like that. No, I'm trying to track here. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, yeah, Batman. And now, okay, I'm I'm all over. You're good. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's this it's this mentality of like, send. I want you to get a message out, and I want you to tell five of your friends, and they'll tell five of your friends. It's like a it's a pyramid scheme. Exactly. (laughs) It's a forwarding thing. Networking. I mean, he shows up in this movie, and let me get this. Off the bat, this movie rocks in that one. It does a fake out, but it immediately shows you Batman. Mm-hmm. I paid a ticket. I'm getting Batman in the first five minutes. Yeah, there you're he not is, fully hour. dressed. Yeah, and the fake out is that you think when the movie starts that immediately you're getting Thomason, you're getting Bruce Wayne's parents getting no murdered. Origin. Yeah, but it's not. It's 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 later in the movie. Well, it's in a flashback, but it's uh-huh. initially it's teased as like, oh, I know what's going on. Like mm-hmm. it, for the comic book readers at the time, um, I love that. Mm-hmm. A plus movie. We we're, we're, we we bought a ticket to Batman. We're getting the Batman, and visually, it's so like the art direction in this movie is outstanding. Like. If you get a chance to see this movie on a big screen, do it. The 4K looks immaculate. It, um, It's amazing. And off the bat, you get this above shot. The first time you see Batman in a movie, it's mm-hmm. actually animated. The way he yeah. moves and, and um, the way that uh, the shot's created. He's animated turning around. I don't know. Maybe it's a shout out. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just the way that it, that it, it came together. But I think that's kind of poetic. What, what would be a shout out to that? Like like the comics? Or? I mean, it could be the the comics, but like. Or the cape didn't swish he, the right way. And they're yeah. like, we'll just draw it. That's, that's right. true. <laughs> Which is fine. Um, so. Okay. So the success of this movie was really a gamble. For Warner Brothers, I mean, do we know if Johnny Depp was asked to be the Batman? Because that would have been amazing. how old would he have been? Oh, that's true. That. I don't know. I just think Tim Burton. I'm like, come on. Johnny Depp was asked to be in Batman v Superman, which was much, much, much later. Much later. Okay. Um, as what Batman or Bruce Wayne? Okay, so swapping pirate ships for Batmobiles, Johnny Depp was also circling the chance to play Batman for Batman v Superman, but not the DCEU one. Way back when Wolfgang Peterson was due to head up a Batman v Superman movie, Mick G had originally been attached but dropped out to direct Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Why? So this is like Pirates era. Death. Oh, hmm. so he's like Yeah, he wasn't going to He way. wasn't going to Jump that ship. I guess. No. He would have been my favorite Batman, I think. (laughs) He's my favorite Batman in my mind. Okay, guys. Okay, okay. I I'm just I'm I'm kinda surprised, but I hey, you know what? I get it. So no, originally it was Pierce Brosnan Hmm. was gonna be Batman. He was gonna jump from playing 007 Goldeneye to being Batman. And it would have worked. But I think what works is that Burton could sense that Keaton worked so well, even though he was just in Beetlejuice, which is night and day different. Mm-hmm. It's More in the, it's in the eyes. It's the arched eyebrows and the and the lips right. and the and the the facial features. It's just it looks like Batman right. when he puts the suit on. And 
full disclosure, this is my favorite Batman. This is not only my favorite Batman, this is my favorite superhero movie of all time. Are, it always will be. Are we going to touch base later on the Flash movie coming out with yes. Keaton in it? Yes. I don't know too much about it. I'll come back. I mean, okay. look, this is coming out in May. And that's a month away, June 16th. Not that I'm paying attention. Nah. But <laughs> I obviously am so excited to see him do that because it's incredible to think of him playing Batman, especially in a Dark Knight Return style, a la like Frank Miller, old, you know. Old man Batman. Old man Batman. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that totally works to me. Um he so, definitely keeps track of this because when we were first dating, yeah. this man doesn't he he has to use his calendar for his kids stuff, but in general it's kind of a touch and go thing, but he had when the bat the this the bat recent, schedule. The bat schedule March 4th <laughs> before he had my birthday March 3rd on the calendar. I I get that we were just Starting to date, but I was like, man. well, Batman if that's going to be on your cow, <laughs> you're going to add this, okay? Yeah, but this year I added The Flash and Dune 2 and, the, and Super that's Mario true. Brothers. That's true, that's true. You are a movie buff. So, as I said, this movie was shot in London. There's a lot of key actors that we'll get into. Um, it was really pushed forward, I think, the idea, I mean, was from the success of Richard Donner's Superman movie in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And getting Jack Nicholson is really just kind of next to the idea of like, well, we got Marlon Brando in it, so we need to get an actor of that caliber, a la Jack Nicholson. Um, But in a lot of that era when they were shopping the idea around of a dark Batman, it just kept going back and forth and back and forth. And they were just like, there's no way like this is going to work. And it just persistence. Um, as I said, the movie cost $35 million and it made it in its worldwide gross $411,569,240. So $411 million. Damn. It is the top grossing movie of 1989. It beats out uh, Last Crusade. That was worth and the gamble. This was Tim Burton's third movie? Yes. Okay. But the Batman, he, like everyone worldwide... Went knows saw what the Batman is. Oh, I'm the sure. Symbol. It's in the top five most recognizable things. Batman, Mickey Mouse, and Coke cans. Like, or yeah, or like you know, it there's itself. There's people that eat each eat other people in islands far, far away, and they're like <laughs> cannibal <laughs> Batman. Gotta see the Batman after we eat Granny. So, uh. Michael Uslin was a long-term Batman fan, so much so that his autobiography that's well worth a read is titled The Boy Who Loved Batman. It was published in 2011, and he's also credited as being the first to teach an accredited course about comic book folklore at an American university. He, Get your he, literally, he literally came up to a guy and they said, you can teach a course if you explain to me you know, the, its meaning. And he said... I think I could teach a course on comic books. And the guy said, there's no way. And he said, okay, tell me what the story of Noah is. And the, he tells him the yeah. story in a basket, and then the Egyptians take him on and raise him. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, what's the story of Superman? Yeah. Same. And literally, literally the guy the goes, you're approved. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Yeah. 
So this, uh, along with uh, Benjamin Melnicker, Uslan acquired the rights to bring Batman to the movies back in the late 1970s. So really, this guy, this is the deal of a lifetime. Now, it's had its ups and downs because he has had to fight with Warner Brothers, but they get six figures every time a Batman movie comes out. Mm -hmm. But I buy this the sincerity of this man. I watched special features where he's interviewed and he's talking about it. He's like, I just love Batman. I wanted a dark Batman and they gave me a dark Batman and I love it. You know, granted Warner brothers is supposed to give him like 13% of the profits of the movie. Hmm. And they're like, Oh boy, we didn't make that money. (laughs) Give it to me later. All right. Excuse me, friends. But like, obviously you're just trying to get around this and they do. I mean, Warner brothers is a shady fucking outfit, even though I, they've given me a lot of great stuff. Just give these guys some fucking money. They deserve it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's the deal of a lifetime. Obviously. I mean, they're even executive producers on the Lego Batman movie, which is one of my favorite Batman movies. And you can shoot me down, fire me one star me. I don't care. It's fucking a great movie. Anyways, so... Um, but Warner Brothers is pretty much run by Pinky and the Brain, who wants to take over the world, so mm-hmm. they get all yeah. the money. Good Ooh. reference. See our cartoon episode, which you've already heard at this point. So, um, so as he put it in an interview with Comics Alliance, back then, nobody else on the planet wanted them. Every, every movie studio turned down the idea of a dark Batman. And it literally was because somebody at Warner Brothers liked Tim Burton and said, let's attach these people. And then everything got greenlit. As soon as Michael Keaton came on, though, before anybody was like crying about stuff, this was like, a, you know, like the comic book conventions, like, what are we going to do about fucking Beetlejuice's Batman? This is an early reminder, folks. You don't need to pout about anything if you haven't even fucking seen it. Mm-hmm. You need to watch a movie. Like but if Cass- you're a mom and you don't want to have your kids watch uh, Batman go into a strip club, then you can have your opinions too. I think, I think that's what par- it was. It parental was, it was, control was a, little, a little loose back then. I think so. Yeah, but if somebody's in a movie that they don't necessarily like, and then they get cast in another movie. Wouldn't you rather see the movie and judge it then than just say, "Oh, he was in a movie where he was in a strip club," or something? I, I'm not. I'm just saying that there's going to be opinions about a dark Batman in general. I understand that. I, I'm just saying that, like to me, it just it it didn't it doesn't make any sense why people people have issues with the uh, the casting stuff until they've seen it. Yeah, you know, like I, it was the same thing when Heath Ledger became the Joker. Mm-hmm. There was this uproar of like, you know, a like Night's Tale. Well, too. and especially with a Batman, like I know the bat, the Ben Affleck and um, what's his name, Peterson. Oh, Robert Robert Pattinson. Pattinson yeah. yeah, which made sense to me because he was a vampire. He's already a bat. It's good, right? That's fine. I mean, he's got the right gothic looks, and that's for the future of the Batman episode. All right. But this is Batman 89. <laughs> this is a young Batman. I mean, technically, this is supposed to take place Batman year one, which is why you don't get a Robin. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Yeah. So Robin what was one? cast. So many Robins. There was somebody who was cast as Robin. Really? Ooh. And they removed him? Marlon Wayans. Marlon Wayans. What For Batman there? Returns. 
he got bought out of his contract just like Billy D. Williams did. Money, money, Because money. they didn't want him to come back in a second one to play Two Face because they thought of Black Batman. Again, this is another strike against I, Warner I, Brothers. I wonder like what that would have lo- looked like, like Robin, even like his uniform, because it's kind of skimpy and <laughs> it's it's a strange looking. And then like I, I, I like I would hate like to see. No, I, I I don't know what that would look like, like a dark Batman movie with a dark Robin. And how, it's I mean, that was the contrast that Tim Burton liked. He yeah. liked the light versus the dark yeah, yeah. idea or the this symbology of like mm-hmm. uh, two sides. Yeah. And I think Billy D. Williams was one of my first like favorite black actors because I knew him also as Lando Calrissian mm-hmm. in Star Wars, another Star Wars connection. You know, um, there's persona and charm to that. There's there there's nothing that says he wouldn't have been a great Two-Face. We just needed to see it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they were too scared. But thankfully, they, had, they couldn't stop him from casting him because mm-hmm. he was a name. Yeah. And casting Keaton paid off, in my mind, in dividends. So in order to play the character, he had a... Initially, Tim Burton talked to him and said, hey, um, what do you think about this script? And he's like, I think it's stupid. I don't think you should do it. And I think that in order to play this character, you have to realize that he's nuts. Mm -hmm. And Burton was like, please play this character. You nailed it. And he's like, okay, I trust you. (laughs) And and, uh, Bruce Wayne is nuts in this movie. That's what I love. Like, he's not like this really charismatic, kind of go with the flow, really st- strategic. He's, uh, like, he's like, he's off his Ritalin. Yes, he's definitely off his Ritalin. So let's go through the movie a little bit. So the movie starts, you get this Art Deco style, this, like, 1920s. Tim Burton said that he basically wanted it to appear timeless, which is great. I mean, you got... Things like the Prince, the Prince score also. So there were two soundtracks that were selling at the time, and Prince is evergreen, like Bowie. You, R.I.P. to Prince and Bowie, but Prince is great. I love the two songs they use in the movie during the museum scene mm-hmm. and during the parade, the balloon scene. It all works. So you get the fake out. You get Michael Keaton's introduction, which is amazing. You get this. The curly head guy making an American Express joke, which is fine. It's mm-hmm. of the time, but it works. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, there's this, there's this feeling, and as soon as you see Michael Keaton, it's just like. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I'm Batman. It just he's works. He's a man. I mean, as soon as you hear, it, I mean, he's like, huh, where are you? Here. <laughs> That's a different Batman movie. I mean, it works. Um, Keaton's amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he, his suit was so constricting. And, and Nicholson said to him, he's like, this is great. We don't even... I mean, here's the deal. We don't even really have to do any acting. Yeah. This suit does it for us. Well, did, did you get this at all with watching the movie? Uh any like did you find it comical i found it funny i did and too. dark as well that's that's the thing that i love about this movie now especially 
is that, yeah, it's goofy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the buzzer, the yeah, knockout gas. Yeah. Or poison gas. Some people theorize he killed a bunch of people. I mean, Batman kills people in this full disclosure. Mm-hmm. I know he's, his car's controlled by Tesla or whatever and drives into the thing. and he's. It's my number one rule. I don't <laughs> kill people unless they accidentally die. Only my cockmobile does. <laughs> the thing's shaped like a huge dick. I'm sorry. And they were... <laughs> the, it's this very phallic-looking Thing. It has that cover, that cover condom that it's like yeah. shields. And, and the back wheels are humped like two big gigantic testicles I in the back. The testicles. Yeah, it's I just guess like, I, I, I gotta, I gotta look just, at that moment. She's gonna watch again. that scene. That's of course, just, the, of course the guys would be like, yes, that's exactly what it looks like. Right, and Batman's like, cool. I, I drive this dick around, and then he, but yeah, like I mean, look, I that's the thing. The car drives in. To the Axis Chemical Plant. Full disclosure, spoiler alerts abound. If you haven't seen this movie, you should watch it. But it drives into the into the place and literally drops bombs that look like straight out of Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. and they bounce, and then they're like, "Uh oh," and then the car automatically drives out. So it's like, yeah, he kills. He's shooting at the Joker. Mm-hmm. And when full disclosure, the Batwing is amazing. He, this, he this, knows where those bullets are hitting, though. <laughs> he, he knows. Well, he's a genius. I, he's a genius, yes. But I'm saying, he's he misses completely, and then <laughs> Jack Nicholson pulls out this cartoonishly long gun and, and shoots him, and it's just one shot, crashes into a the street, and just skids right in, and, and Batman down, Batwing down. He's a position sniper. I mean, I guess he didn't know about his time in Nam, but like, this is just the craziness of this movie. Is it's zany, as you said. There's there's this feeling that it's like it's very cartoony. Yeah. Um, that, that there's a part in the movie where Batman, they're in the Batcave. It's Batman and uh, what's the woman's name? Uh, Vicky Vale. Vicky. Yeah, Vicky. She's uh she's in there and. Bat, like you expect Batman, at least I expect Batman to tower a little bit over, and they're the, like the same height. And it was just like, <laughs> well, I was like, I was like, that's goofy. That's that's weird. According to IMDb, and I did look this okay. up, he's five ten and she's five seven and three quarters. Like Batman actually is five ten. Yes, Michael Keaton is. No, Michael Keaton. No, oh yeah, but I, so I, I she was, probably was wearing heels. She is wearing heels, especially during. Their date. Let's talk about this date scene. Uh-huh. This is one of the. What are they doing? Every time I watch this, I'm like, are they eating like boulia broth? There's like <laughs> two. Like, they're eating soup. They're literally. You would know looks, because you're a pavo. He's a and this is yes, this is a billionaire soup. I well, tastes like a billion bucks. Mm. At least a stew, but like your first date. I don't know. Are you worried you're gonna burp soup? <laughs> Like, it looks like somebody just poured chicken broth into a bowl. We'll never eat spaghetti on a first date. I think chicken broth is fine. Yeah, no, I won't do chicken broth because it will give me straight diarrhea. It's Ooh, just not going to happen. Oh, that's not good for you. That's no not good for you. No butt stuff later. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, keep that clean. So, look, there's, there's a lot of... They're having this first date. And Michael Keaton, who is phenomenal in this movie... Is looking at Kim Basinger, and it and looks she's like she's, and she's gorgeous, gorgeous, and she's just the most beautiful. And I found my Vicky Vale. That's true. Still looking for mine. Hello. <laughs> He's <laughs> taking <laughs> numbers. Send a message to zanzuzipodcast at gmail.com. To uh, Swipe Right Mike. That's yeah, right. That's swipe right. right Mike. That's his new name. <laughs> um, 
I love that. I love that. Um, I think that it's good. I actually think the casting of Kim Basinger is better than if Sean Young would have been in it. I know I had to kind of like bring up some of the stuff she was in, but like personally, as a fan of Blade Runner, I'd love I'd love to have seen her do more things. But I think this there's something about Kim Basinger's innocence in this role, even mm. though she's like, I love bats. It's like, whoa, dude. Yeah. Are you running a fetish site? It's a little intense. Let her have her little kink. I mean, it's fine. You know what? She should have some darker angles, I guess. But like, she's very innocent in this. Like th- there's a part in the movie where, uh, um, Joker interrupts. I think she's on a date or something. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and, uh, she, and he sprays his, uh, posy, his, yes, his yes, posy, yes. His, uh, which is all like, t- uh, like toxic shit mm-hmm. at her and she avoids it and then sp- dumps like, a um, water on his head and his, um, well, that it, is one of the great art designs of the movie mm-hmm. is that when She's he wipes no his face, yeah. He's like, goes oh, back I'm to, melting. It was like Wizard of Oz kind Wizard of Wizard of Oz yeah. homage. Yeah. But he wipes his face, and that that is creepier when he doesn't have the white makeup on yeah. and his face looks unnatural. Yeah. That looks creepier than when his makeup's on. Yeah. That is a that's a Tim Burton thing, I'm sure. And and that's the thing is Nicholson is having a fucking ball with this yeah. movie. It there's something about like Alec Guinness is great in Star Wars as Obi-Wan. But you can kind of tell after Bridge Over River Kwai, he's kind of just like, it's a paycheck. Meanwhile, Jack Nicholson is like, he's kind of embodied. I mean, he's kind of running it, right? Like, did him and Tim Burton kind of have a feud? Maybe I'm jumping ahead. No. No? No, it was him and Jack Palance. Oh, okay. Who we'll get into more because Jack Palance had been in hundreds of movies and playing Grissom, the boss of the gang. Mm hmm. He was a bit deaf, and there's a scene where he's in the bathroom. Like, he couldn't hear him yell cut mm-hmm. or start or action or whatever. And he just walks out and he's like, I've been in a hundred movies. You, f-. He does that thing too, where, like, what is it? You are my number one guy. Yes. And, like, he's got that, like, even his whisper sounds like a, <laughs> even his whisper sounds like a yell. So I yeah. can just hear him yelling at, like, hey, nerd, I've been in a hundred. Movies. <laughs> Once you take your Walkman and go listen to The Cure. It's creepy. So, um, but I mean, honestly, if we're being real, as far as like with Vicky Vale slash Kim Basinger, I mean, she spends most of the movie doing this. Oh, I'm sorry. With that innocence thing I was talking about, she goes to comfort the Joker um, when he gets that water on, on his face. And he's like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. Like that part of that movie was like, that's odd. He just tried to kill her, and now he's now. She's well, he like, just he just knockout gassed a whole room of people in a museum. Yeah, like I mean, good stuff. I remember thinking too. that that was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was but strange. it's because he, it's because he likes her art. Well, he's trying to set himself up with her at the time. Like yeah, he, that's and, true. And that's here's here's a scene. <laughs> Consi- I, don't, I don't want to hear audio. I want you to replay the scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand that. I mean, he's he. Hold on.
just love him in it. I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> just that's, I love you seeing you mouth the entire line. But I mean, it's 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 part of the and like I I, I kind of mentioned it. She does most of the movie just screaming, mm. um, because she's, a damsel in distress. she's playing that, and it, and it works. It works for the movie. Billy D. Williams again as Harvey Dent is amazing. Um, Jack Nicholson, aka Jack Napier, aka the Joker. Um, you have Robert Wool as Alexander Knox. You have uh, another Star Wars connection with uh, Lieutenant Eckert is played b- with um, by William Hootkins, mm. who's one of the Red Leaders in Star Wars. So that's yeah, and he also has the most delightful IMDb picture. It's like him with his like jaunty English cap in the air or something like that. Mm. Um, so um, six-year-old Ryan definitely had a moment with Kim Basinger. Seeing her, I was like, oh, I like this long-legged blonde. I don't know what it means. Very pretty face. But I'm also like entranced with the whole movie to begin with so mm-hmm. i it was more of like take so note back of the brain mm-hmm. yes. and the back of the brain remember go to your That's peach woman gold. i want to tell you something i'm 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 premature premature <laughs> but jack nicholson becomes the joker he falls into toxic chemicals it becomes this old hollywood stunt show style i love the way it looks with like the catwalks and everything mm-hmm. if anything it's kind of a shout out to the show i know they're trying to get away from, from that but like every sequence feels blockbuster mm-hmm. and it's on such a small scale visually. There's not a lot of sets. I mean, it's outside and it's inside. And when it's inside, it definitely feels like a movie. It just, it's intimate. I mean, the action scenes, this isn't a Batman who's flipping around CG Yoda style like the prequels. Right. It's so constricting. He can't turn his head. I, dude, so, I remember that scene. He looked up at that catwalk and I hurt for him. Yeah, because you see uh, he was, He's just like... <laughs> But it works because it's hilarious. It, it works because he's usually tightening his jaw, so he keeps things constrict. Like yeah. he's mad. Yeah. And this is meat and potatoes, Batman. Dude mm-hmm. walks out and he's just poof, poof, and props to the Foley artist because these people are like, Duh! and it's just big kicks and mm-hmm. fuck you, mobster, and like, uh, and and to balance out his you know authoritative punishing vigilantes thing you've got Mm. jack nicholson who's like i said having the time of his life playing the joker kicking his feet in the air is like he's been using brand x (laughs) you know like there's this and he's got that silly smile on his face and you get these orson wells type tracking shots i mean it feels gotham feels like metropolis and and a shout out to Fritz Lang and those old style Hollywood movies. I mean, this has obviously influenced Burton, who actually trivia wanted Sammy Davis Jr. to play Beetlejuice initially. Hmm. Shout out to the Rat Pack. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to uh, our Mouse Utopia episode too. So Bruce Wayne has this. Uh, we talked about the weird soup date. It's weird. Alfred saves the day. Who Michael Go is great as Alfred. I mean, Alfred, you're not going to beat Michael Caine. It's hard. Yeah. The Nolan trilogy has some casting decisions that are just great. And plus, you have Morgan Freeman there. 
Well, could Alfred narrate. in this movie was ancient. He was right. <laughs> like, he like was he's old. He's old. Like, yeah. Master Wayne, <laughs> are you going to fuck that blonde, or can I watch oh one of God. the videotapes? Because he's got everything recording. Like when they go in that souvenir armory room, and they're just yeah. like walking around, and she's wearing a prom dress, and the dude's like, oh, "You think he's the king of the wicked people?" And meanwhile, there's like 17 camcorders behind the mirror, and he's just like. Oh, Master Wayne, you've been videotaping more people again. That's a, that's a good Alfred. I'm going to put this in my spank bank. Oh, my. Yeah, Alfred. Fap, fap, and I'll <laughs> this later. But, I mean, he says the day after the kitchen sequence, he tells, um, you know, he tells the story about young Bruce Wayne. It kind of humanizes him. And I think that's what I like about those scenes, the quieter scenes, is that it humanizes the Bruce Wayne side. Mm-hmm. And Keaton is so well able to portray that in his face and his mannerisms. He's, I mean, he's a great actor. Yeah. Um, there's so much. I, I feel like I'm, I'm jumping all over this movie. Hopefully, it's all good. I think we all are. <laughs> I mean, as long as as long as people don't feel like I'm I'm uh, ranting too much on specific things, I really do want to say that this movie was at the time was a blockbuster hit. It was the movie of the decade, according to the press. Um, I love the iconic scene of when he's getting the bandages taken off, and he's like, "Mirror," and like <laughs> this German dentist. This which, is the best I could do with the tools that I had. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's got all these these like looks like something that came out of the butt of the bottom of a pile in the show Hoarders, but like. All those utensils that are out are actually props from the movie The Little Shop of Horrors. Really? Fun fact. Oh, wow. Steve Martin movie. Rick Moranis. Seek it out. Um, I love the scene where he introduces himself as Joker. It's great. Mm-hmm. He gets to shoot Grissom. And the way that he goes about when he's shooting Jack Palance, yeah. there's this glee to it. And there's yeah. and the audio of like almost like a carnival theme pipes up at the time and it just you get this sense that like the Joker is evil mm-hmm. but he's having fun. And one of the things that I found on one of the special editions they're interviewing Jack Nicholson and he's explaining like when he got his not necessarily his start but before he started really acting he would do these theater performances for kids. And one of the things he took from that that came into this performance was that kids like it when you're a little scary. Mm-hmm. They remember it. Yeah. Especially it's, when it's you're fear. playing the zany yeah. role. Fear is so memorable. Mm-hmm. And this performance toes that line completely. It's camp with that element of fear. Just a little trauma. Right. Get into that. Yeah. Heart that's not solidified yet. Right. Like it's 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 a survival tactic. You see something that scares you, you know that you know to stick onto that. Right. Stick to that so that you can stay yeah, away from that. That makes sense. Be flooded with cortisol and yeah. <laughs> I want to hear. I want to really, really. My question to you, Ryan. Yeah. Is when you're six and mm-hmm. you see this batman what makes it different than like the superman he's super superhero all the time what's the what part of that darkness in you did you see reflected that you were like my gosh this is it like what what well exactly? i think that i like the way that he the way that keaton plays this aloof version of bruce wayne is the best bruce wayne i've seen represented and i know kevin conroy in the animated series it's a more more stern 
understandable Batman, a more clean cut. And I love Kevin Conroy's Batman. Again, rest in peace. But with with the more adult Batman, when you know that, yeah, he's nuts. He dresses up as a bat. He's trying to scare criminals. The duality of Bruce Wayne and, and Batman is so... It's like if you've ever in your life been obsessed with something at perfection or striving for a goal or even tormented, there's such a wider range of emotions that you can relate to with Bruce Wayne. I mean, he's like the first superhero goth. Right. He's like a precursor to a lot of things. And when I watch it as a kid, I just remember thinking like, like even when when Vicki Vale first meets Bruce Wayne, she doesn't know it's him. She's like, can you tell me which one of these gentlemen is Bruce Wayne? And he's like, oh, uh, I don't know. Right. Like his, that's his first interaction. And it's like, why? But like, and I love that. Yeah, because he's not the greedy ego. Yes, this is me. And this is right. flaunting everything. That comes to, because there's a reporter there with her. When they go to this charity yeah. gambling event, none of the reporters should know who Bruce Wayne is, but they don't. He's this billionaire rich guy. They're at his house, right. you know, yep. and you've got everybody there and somehow they can't spot him until he comes up to them when they're in this armory room and goes, hi, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And he's like, who? Like, the guy that Robert Wool is just like, hey, can I have a grant? And he's like, hey, we're out of... Alfred walks up. He's like, hey, we're out of beer and give him a grant. Like, this... There's this... I love that he's like he's so the willing. man, but yeah. he doesn't have to prove yeah. it. He's, exactly. he, he works behind is, the scenes the with being in energy. plain sight. I do love that. You know where his priorities are. His priority isn't to... to rub elbows with rich people Mm -hmm. which everyone you know is kind of detesting to begin with but like his priorities are different like he sees two random strangers in his trophy room so he wanders in Mm kind of does a little investigating Mm -hmm. and when he feels comfortable introduces himself and when he introduces himself he doesn't care about giving out grants that's what i love Mm -hmm. whereas Knox is like oh money you know what's weird about rich people you know, like he's he's just, or even putting any performance on for the girl. No, there's no performance of, with the girl. It, it ends up being one of those things. Like he put the line in the the scene when they're having that day is, "I don't think I've ever been in this room." Like the way he says it, you don't know if he's telling the truth or not. Mm-hmm. It's so like I don't know about this guy. Yeah, like, he's, like, a, yeah. he's a little he's, aloof. <laughs> he's aloof. He's a, he's a bit unhinged. I mean. My favorite scene, full disclosure, and we're, we're going to take a break after I explain this a little bit. My favorite scene in the movie is the scene where Bruce Wayne goes to tell Vicki Vale that he's Batman. Mm-hmm. The whole scene is leading up to this that confrontation when yeah. he's going to unveil that. You know, she wants to know who he, Batman is. He gets choked up. He does. Meanwhile, she's holding a big old bowl of popcorn and thinks he's married. You know... But holding that bone broth, <laughs> everybody's watching it, and you're like, Tell her, tell her, tell her, and yeah, then yeah. the Joker shows up. Mm-hmm. Darn that Joker, every and time. the dynamic changes. Mm-hmm. You know, he does the whole, You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts, and smashes the shit on, yeah. the, on the fireplace. I love that. Mm-hmm. 
And then Joker declares his big line of, you ever dance with the devil? Well, it's, it's, it's really cool because he, like, he knows he's going to get shot. He knows he's going to die. Right. So he puts that plate under his, and he's like, let's get this going. Let's not drag this out. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really three interactions. It's Bruce Wayne, Joker. It's Bruce Wayne, Joker in the middle, and then finally Batman and Joker meeting in the cathedral. Mm-hmm. I mean, he shoots at him, but there's those three prime prime examples of the two of them connecting, mm-hmm. and I love that. Yeah, because those scenes speak; they're acted. You know, it's again, it's why you get a Keaton and a, a Nicholson, and one of the most iconic lines from the the trailer of the actual movie was this I love that would you believe me if I told you that after this movie and its big success there was a short-lived but not fully unveiled Broadway production of this wow I, a musical yeah I'm sure oh In please fact, pull some of those the Joker song was called where does he get these wonderful toys? <laughs> oh my. Which I'll play shortly after the break. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Keaton. Good to be back here. It's uh, been a long time since I've been uh, hosting Saturday Night Live. The first time I hosted was way back in 1982. I know. A long time. I know. That's pretty crazy. A lot has happened to me since then. Uh, since then, let's see. Uh, I had a baby. Yeah. 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 It's 31. Uh, I also have a new girlfriend. She's 28. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, hey, Mr. Keaton. No, that's okay. Hey, guys, we've been hanging out all week. You, you know, you can use my first name. Oh, okay. Thanks, Batman. <laughs> no, 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 Michael. Right, Michael. Yeah. All right. Look, uh, we just wanted to say it is really an honor to have you here. Absolutely. Well, uh, honestly, your movies are, are what made me want to be an actor. Yeah. So. Oh, thank you very much. That's so great. Hey, that's really nice. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, we kind of have a favor to ask. Yeah. Right now? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. It'll only take a second. Music. Oh, music? I was seven years old when just like that my whole world was set ablaze by a man dressed as a bat. Oh, that's nice. That's very Now nice. he's here in front of me. It's a dream come true. Thank you. And I'd never forgive myself, Michael, if I didn't ask you. Ask what? And with us, Michael Keaton. Oh, boy. No, no, no. Uh, Come on, put on the suit. We'll be the villains that you beat yeah, It's our real-life fantasy. We don't mean to be geeks. Well, it's too late. But, but before you answer, you should know this. It was my birthday this week. 
Venezuela get all of their heat And when does Adidas find all their feet? You'd like to know the answers now, wouldn't you, boy? So tell me, where does he get all those wonderful toys? <laughs> where do all the Disney folk get all of their tunes? How did Davy Crockett capture all of those coons? Why are all my henchmen only second-class goons? If you know the answers, then you make a joyful noise And where does he get all those wonderful toys? Is he swinging around with a feather boa? Picture Batman running around with his cape. <laughs> uh, welcome back. Second segment time. Yes, that is a clip from Tim Burton. Broadway. So-called Batman the Musical. Wow. That's right. There was a lyric in there. <laughs> there was, yeah. There's there. a couple <laughs> lyrics in there. <laughs> what else again? Wonderful toys. Something with, about raccoons, I think. Davy Crockett. <laughs> Where did Davy Crockett get all of those coon tails for his hats? <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. I don't know. <gasps> oh, I love it. Got a snort. <laughs> That's how you know I'm really oh. laughing. Um, goodness gracious, oh. folks. So, yes, there was a Batman the Musical. It was, uh, Tim Burton was once attached to it, which would have adapted his two Cape Crusader movies. Here's why it didn't happen in all the song demos. So, this is from ScreenRant.com. It says that, basically, Burton's Batman 89 took some liberties with the character and mythos, including his willingness to kill... And the fact the Joker was the one who murdered his parents. Spoiler alert, as I said... Twists and turns. That's in the flashback. I think that's a great little twist. Is that origin, though? I didn't think no. that he did. No, again, a centralized just, movie, ladies yes, and gentlemen. I know. No connecting tissue. No Marvel extended right. universe. Finality to a movie. No, 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 no. You're not doing anything wrong. It's movies now that do yeah, it Yeah, right. it's true. There's no artistic it's, expression. It's like, well, or interpretation. Well, we saved the day, Luigi, and then Princess Peach blasts in with an AK-47 and goes, Mario! I'm your yeah. mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She goes, you're not going to believe this. We got to go to Rainbow Road because you're... You're somehow related to Bowser, and then there's three oh, more movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there I'm we just, go. There's finality. Anyway, Let's so. Let's trademark that because I want the millions for that idea. I, hey, mm. I got some more. So, still, Burton's rich gothic vision, Danny Elfman's evocative score, and the performance of Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson made it a must see blockbuster of 1989. So, Batman 89, which almost included Robin, was a genre landmark and assigned to studios comic book movies would be goldmine. So, Burton was also attached to a standalone DC Catwoman movie that would have seen Michelle Pfeiffer reprise her role from Batman Returns. Again, this is all stuff for the future Batman Returns episode. Um, 
So another Cape Crusader project Tim Burton was linked to, and easily one of the strangest, was the proposed Batman the Musical, which was put into development in the early 2000s, following the success of other movies to musical translations like The Lion King. So Warner Brothers is like, can we make some shekels? <laughs> On the they side, made, made a lot of shickles with that movie. They did. <laughs> so so oh, yeah. um, Warner Bros. greenlit development on Batman the Musical, a gothic rock opera with songs perf- penned by the late great composer Jim Steinman. In music circles, Steinman is best known for his work on Meat Loaf's Bad Out of Hell albums and rock ballads like Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. I knew I could feel your heart beating a little faster because that's such a such a Casey song. I know. Anyway, so we heard a little clip from it, but let's continue down the path of the Batman. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So, also the movie features Jerry Hall, the famous model who was at one time married to Mick Jagger and married to the evil as fuck Rupert Murdoch. Thankful she filed, filed from divorce from him. He didn't do a lot of acting besides, I think she's on Star Trek at some point. But other than that, like she's the one that's just like kind of vapid face. Or as Jack Pounce put it, that you sugar bums. <laughs> I can't tell if he's saying bums or bubs or bumps. I think he's saying buns. Sugar I don't know. buns. Sugar buns. What did you say, nerd? Did you say cut or start or action? I can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so an hour into the movie, folks, we get our Batmobile. Like I said, big old black dick. Mm -hmm. They actually forgot to put doors on it, by the way. They showed it to Tim Burton. They're like, Tim, we got the model right here. And he's like, guys, um, (laughs) there's no doors. Jump in. So they made it so that as you see in the movie, mm-hmm. the top just slides off. It's a moonroof. Right. <laughs> it's a moonroof door. Get in, Vicky. You have to uh, moonwalk to it. He uses this. By the way, the Batmobile is awesome. It's my favorite Batmobile in all the Batman movies. Little bit not so great functionally, though, when it comes to making turns. He has to use a grappling hook, which yeah. is a little, I mean, and it leads to literally the biggest Blues Brothers esque car crash sequence <laughs> where everybody and their mom is hitting fucking food stands. Um, I love the scene, too, where she's like, he's like, How much do you weigh? And she's like, Okay, uh, 108. Okay, excuse me, 5'8", Kim Basinger. Are you just a walking spinal column? If she was 200, she couldn't, she couldn't ride. <laughs> no, the, the Batmobile is very ableist, for sure. You have to be able to hop, skip, and jump into the car and be 108 pounds. So. There's, no, there's no shock absorbent on that thing. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, I, I love this sequence, though, because he gets into a fight in an alley with some guys after... They escape in the Batmobile from the museum sequence. You get the wonderful toys. And I loved the... What do you even call that? The bat... Boomerang? No, not the boomerang. The one that shoots two ropes in either direction. I should know this since I'm doing a you Batman should. 89 Double episode. Double penetration. This is, this is Guys, such you gotta toy. look this up. Where does he get all these wonderful toys? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But anyway, he... He shoots this thing. They get out. They go. He's fighting in the alley. You've got some interesting henchmen here, which, by the way, Joker got a w- right into branding because they've yeah. all got like different out like little purple embellishments with yeah. his face on it and things like that. He was screen printing those things out. I mean, he does say in the beginning to Jerry Hall when she's like, you look fine. And he's like, 
bitch, I didn't ask. You know, like his face How is just like know? I know. But he gets to work. So it shows the it shows the um what do they call that? The the uh not envy, but the uh his his natural kind of like Confidence? Confidence, but also what is the negative connotation? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you uh, think about it? I would mm-hmm. love to see a behind-the-scenes kind of like, or cutaway uh, of uh, Joker be like, hey, are those uh, extra-large uh, <laughs> jean jackets in yet? <laughs> Guys, I sent the order to Teespring yesterday. <laughs> Where do I get all of my wonderful clothes? <laughs> Batman has his wonderful toys. I need my wonderful clothes. <laughs> Jack Na- Jack Nicholson here. Um, so, but like, so she gets pictures of him during this fight, and that's the thing. He takes her back to the Batcave. Great score. Elfman is just. I remember he's driving in the dark. I mean, it's creepy, it's gothic. I mean, you're looking through the woods, he's fucking flying in this sequence in this car. I'm sure that somewhere in the woods there's a young Jack Skellington running away. I mean, this is Tim Burton's creation. This so, Tim uh how Nightmare Before that was before this movie? Nightmare Before Christmas was after. Oh, okay. And it, technically it wasn't made by Tim Burton. What? He produced. He produced uh, but Danny Elfman did help. And that, and he voiced, uh, or he sang as Jack Skellington. Anyways, see that on the future episode. So, um, but he takes her back to the Batcave, and he's like, it's a real fucked up world, bitch. And, like, knocks her out. That's a little intense. And then she wakes up just literally laying across the bed, like, come on, Bruce, you could set her up a Gotta little bit. Gotta make better. sure she doesn't run away. You know, These are a, olden times. <laughs> don't forget it. Put a little Batman mint on the thing for her. Light so a she, candle. She get a little morning breath. Yeah, light a candle. Maybe like... Uh, Give her know. a halls. Of- <laughs> Maybe some mahogany teak wood candle or something like that. Yeah. So you get to that scene that I love where he comes to the apartment and he says, hey, I gotta tell you, I gotta edit a secret. I got something to say. It's a little intense. Kind of tells her to shut up and pushes her down on a chair. Shut up, you. She's like, okay, go I didn't on. Say anything. Go on. I'm scared and I kind of like it. I, again, as Casey said, it's an older yeah. time. Yeah. I'm not necessarily agreeing or disagreeing with it, but I love it in the movie because it shows how nervous he is to really be himself, yeah. and that's the that's the struggle is. When he's Bruce Wayne, he's Bruce Wayne, or is he Batman? Is you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. is he? Which one is he? He maybe he's he can't make it up. It's like multi personality, right? Thing, yeah. Which is also why I think Catwoman is his ultimate partner. Mm, yeah, because they they share that duality. Right. Mm-hmm. So you get the Joker box with the orchestral swirl after he shoots Bruce Wayne. Great touch. Elfman is again eleven out of ten. Knox finds out about Bruce Wayne's past, tells Vicky Vell about him being a little boy and seeing his parents gunned down. I love this flashback sequence because the casting of the young Jack Nicholson is like spot on. Mm-hmm. Like he's got the same yeah. like maniacal face. It's creepy. It looks like a young Jack Nicholson. It does. He's now like a producer in Hollywood, which is great. Mayor says the bicentennial's canceled, and then we get Joker doing a fireside chat on TV where he basically takes over the thing and says 
I'm going to give out $20 million, and that's when the folks that are, you know, mm-hmm. meandering at the bar suddenly take heed and look at the, yeah, because nobody's going to give it, no one gives a shit what's on the TV. But then he says free money is going to get passed out at midnight. He says, Batman, show your face. He goes there, balloons, Batwing appears, takes the balloons up. You get it flying up across the moon. You get that. I mean, it's cheesy, but I fucking love it. It's magic. It's Batman. It's that subtle, just like hint of like, isn't that cool? Anyways, in the cathedral, you know, after joker takes out his comically large gun shoots the thing down i love that when they show the crash and this is again it's the 80s it's all practical baby Mm -hmm. yeah there's some animation there's some stop motion you imagine walking around with that thing they all fucking (laughs) i know i mean he's got to walk kind of funny but he makes it work Either way, the miniature of the Batwing goes down. You see the miniature reproduction, much like the Axis Chemicals explosion. It looks fucking good, and it's handmade, and people made it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Batman's a little banged up. He takes Kim slash Vicky Vale up the cathedral, tells the guy, hey, I need 10 minutes. Sends his goons up there. He's like, hey, you know, ninja flip guy, black uh Muscle guy, Ninja Turtles, everybody, let's go. Back me up, because I'm sure Batman's going to be pissed when he gets out of his downed plane. Goes up there, confrontation happens. It's awesome. I love that the Joker has all these props with him, because like after he punches him, you see the bloody... Which I love the blood in mm-hmm. this movie. Like When he gets shot in the mouth, which, by the way, he's he should be... Have half his jaw. Yes, yes. his face should be exploded. (laughs) 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 But, like, for real, um, he gets up there and he's just, he's he's got these, like, teeth props. He's got the hand props. He's like, let me give you a hand. And then it's like, (laughs) so zany. It's zany. It's silly. (laughs) It's funny. Wouldn't a guy with glasses, would you? You know, like the preparation that he has to have to be like, oh, like this, like the gadgets he has. (laughs) Like the long gun. Where did the long gun go after he shot the one? Preparing for this. I have props. (laughs) It's one bullet in there. Nailed it. Exactly. And then this the waltz theme during this sequence when they're all up in the in the cathedral is so great and i mean the the sense of depth during this sequence is so great too because i mean he knocks the black flippy guy flippy guy goes straight to hell like (laughs) i mean the way the shot looks he just disappears down all the flights of stair which by the way kim basinger for all the tarantino-esque foot fetishes out there it is bare feet because you see the shoe fall at one sequence but the joker dies he falls off the building and you see his yoshi nintendo 64 animation fall (laughs) and when he hits the ground the cops come around him and it's almost like it's funny because the you're I'm like, not dead. <laughs> you're almost wondering where the fuck the police have been this whole time. Because yeah. the whole time the the balloons are going up, he's throwing out money. Prince's trust. It takes that long to, for the cops to show up. <laughs> They're dancing to to Prince. They were on their donut break. Uh, call it in, Bobby. We got one dead 
clown. He's evil villain. Uh, we'll roll in when the job's done. Bozo the clown. He's uh, he's dead, see? In the words of Dave Chappelle, sprinkle some crack on him. Let's go. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, it's, it's done and over with. You get a nice little wrap-up where they show the bat signal and... Danny Elfman, I don't know how many lines of coke he's doing here, but the bells are going off, the harps are screaming, the choir is triumphant, and you get this final shot of Batman on top of a building with this signal out. And I salute slowly at my screen, and I back away. And that's Batman 1989. So, essentially, it's... To me, it's a perfect movie of the 80s. Yeah. Perfect superhero movie of the 80s. A perfect superhero movie of the 80s. Best casting I can think of in that era. Um, Actually, poop on my chest loving Sylvester Stallone. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a page seven blind item-y thing that Sylvester Stallone likes to get shit on on his chest. Wow. Um, Said this led to the death of action movies because it was all about special effects instead of real muscles and people. I mean, or you could make good movies, Cobra. Shut up, Sly. Definitely be more into bats than I would be You're still stuck on the poop, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. Uh, I think that's called the Stanley like, steamer. That mm-hmm. just stopped my brain. Full stop. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, after this movie, obviously, I, I would love to do a commentary of this movie. We'll see. Um, and also eventually return for Batman Returns. My top three Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Batman, 89, is number one. Yeah. Batman Returns is number two. And number three would have to go to The Batman, oh, the, the most recent one. one. I didn't see the new one. Michael Giacchino's score is excellent. Robert Pattinson embodies that goth version. And my only complaint with Returns is that when he pulls off his mask, he's got no David Bowie, Mad Max Fury Road-like Charlie's Theron like black eyeshadow on. Obviously he's got eyeshadow on. Mm-hmm. And I love that Pattinson has the the dark when he takes his helmet or He's mask got the off. football uh Yeah, the football <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the football stuff. I would also give an honorable mention to like I said Lego Batman movie, which at times I would put in that top 3 cuz these things are fickle. Lists change all the time. I'd also give a huge shout out to Michael Keaton as an actor because he is returning in The Flash in June 16th. That'll be interesting because will other Batmans be in it? Who knows? Who who do you think would have made a good Batman? Let's let's theorize. Who would have made a good one? Like at any time? Anytime, anyone, anywhere. I already said mine. I, I think that Johnny Depp would have been a good one. He's I got think, a bit of a... He was like an 80s Pattinson. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think he could have pulled it off. I think I've, would, I would... I think he would have really embodied it, because that's what he does as an actor. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, going, I'm scrolling through swipe, it. Is that your, your cat, does your cat want to get in? Yeah, uh, yeah my cat is bat, bat Cat, and he is done killing all the possum villains outside. Possums are great. 
Take care of the ticks. His cat Casey. does have Batman who, who, uh, in his name. It's Nico Yoda Batman Herrick. Herrick, yeah. yeah. That's true. All right. You're going to let your cat in, and what was your question? I was going to say, who would you cast as Robin and all the other oh, characters? Or, or a Vicky Vale, now modern? Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. That's who I'd cast. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe I, I just... say <laughs> they could make an amazing... If they use the animated series as a... As a as a way to take influence, mm-hmm. they could make an excellent, excellent, excellent Mr. Freeze. I'm just saying, the animated series nailed a lot of characters. The Mad Hatter, Clayface, all those characters are done so much justice if they just were able to take it. I mean, yeah. look. Use that as a template. The Long Halloween is one of my favorite Batman comics ever. It's been adapted. It was, it was Christopher Nolan's main influence for his trilogy. If you take the Long Halloween, like positives, part of the positives isn't just let's make an amazingly serious Batman movie. Look, you can't take something about a guy who beats people up in a costume and make it all uber uber serious. You have to lean into him being the world's greatest detective and his other characters. Anyway, I don't think that any other woman could do it except I think Kim did a perfect job, but. Okay, let's just go with this theory of if Johnny Depp was... I just really love Edward Scissor's hand, scissor, scissors hands. Scissors hands. Scissor hands you know his so feet much. Were scissors too? That Winona Ryder, <laughs> I would like to see that. But then, I don't know. Well, that's also another thing. I was reading or I was watching a podcast or uh, listening to a podcast, and they were talking about how... Um, they they couldn't re- they didn't know in the movie if Edwards was built like a robot or if he mm. was a local dead kid. Oh, that's a different thing to think. Like about. I'd never thought about that. They also posited that maybe he had a scissor dick. <laughs> Yikes! Scissor me timbers. Well, I guess you could get pregnant and have a C-section all in one. <laughs> Vincent Price is like, now he can take care of his <laughs> unsightly dingleberries. I don't know. And it, the, like the child turns out to be like pyramid head, but se- like scissors from Silent Hill. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I know pyramid head. Yeah, but, it, but instead Silent of pyramid, Hill. it'd be it'd be scissors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got googly eyes. And a boy can dream. <laughs> He's got googly eyes and a scissor head. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I think I would have. And this is just top of my head. If I had more time to think, I'd probably have a better answer. But I think sure, let's go off the cuff. Hugh Jackman would have been a good Batman. I don't think he was like really good Wolverine, but and then clean, Cameron clean Diaz. Cut. I'm not saying like Hugh Jackman like all scruffy and everything, but him clean cut, looking good. I think he mm-hmm. probably would have been a better Batman versus a. Uh, um, why am I thinking Bruce Banner? Um, Uh, Sorry, I was looking up on the IMDb when you were saying that. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Bruce. Uh, Bruce Wayne? Bruce Wayne. Why, why was I going to Bruce Banner? I don't know. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was saying, like, Hugh Jackman as Batman. Would okay. Be better, then, would be oh, better. he would be. he would have been great, I would say, post-X-Men. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of those guys, it's like... See, the thing is, things change so much, it's hard to know. You have to go with your gut, mm-hmm. you know? Um, th- I give kudos to Keaton and Nicholson for taking a chance with, yeah, yeah. with 
a comic book movie. Cause again, like Richard Donner had made Superman and that was a huge success, mm-hmm. but Batman still was a gamble. I mean, there are, were other superhero movies at the time. I mean, you had like masters of the universe a few years before this, and that didn't do so hot, mm-hmm. you know, there, and th- things aren't always guaranteed their return. So this was a, a fresh gamble. And plus, Adam West in an interview basically said, you know, being cast in tights as a Batman isn't necessarily the greatest thing because it didn't help his career out very much. Thankfully, you had people um, like the, you know, Family Guy eventually cast him a lot. And thank God for that. But like, it's, you know, he didn't, he struggled. I don't think Batman would have has helped really anybody with their careers like yeah michael keaton but i think he would have been just fine if he didn't do batman well that's true maybe not but i mean he had big roles in the 90s i mean he still came back for batman returns which we'll cover in a future episode but the the interesting thing about keaton is that like I didn't I think, say he did a bad job. No, 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 no. He did. I again, like I, I think of him as Bruce Wayne when I think of Batman in my head, and you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of incredible roles that he would go. Like Birdman's a phenomenal movie, mm-hmm. and everything I've heard about with, um, oh, this is the the music to the sequence when he's showing the Joker commercial. He's been using Brand X. Love that Joker. <laughs> and they do the Conan O'Brien thing where it's like a picture of somebody, but with the mouth is moving. Mm. Um, oh, actually, I would choose Ryan as Batman. Oh. Yeah, yes. that's a good yes. one. You're right. He is. That's Yes. I mean, look at Fuck. that face. Look at that face. Oh, look at that smile. Eyebrows, everything. Everything. I think it's good. Or, or, or maybe, maybe he's the Batman who laughs. Well, it was The Man Who Laughed was a 1920s film that Tim Burton took his influence for the Art Deco style for the movie. Mm. I'm also picking um, Billie Eilish as Harley Quinn. Ooh. That's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea is she going to ASMR whisper rap sing the whole movie too? We'll see. She's going to make it her own. Let's get that girl on the screen. Also, I, I, I'm going to die in this hill, but I've been saying this forever. Jim Carrey in a serious, like in a serious uh, role. I mean, still could be an amazing uh, Riddler. Oh yeah, could have, could have easily. Been. If he would reprise that role and be more, have a more serious, more more than a Looney yeah, Tooney yeah, yeah. kind of, I think he would. I think Ooh, it would have been creepy. Well, we're gonna end this with some trivia. Okay, these are just interesting facts, right. and then. We'll round it out with some stuff. So Robin Williams was offered the role of the Joker when Jack Nicholson hesitated. Wow. That would have been interesting. I adore Robin Williams in the same breath as Jack Nicholson. I don't think it would have been good. I don't think he's dark. He wanted, I think he wanted it real bad. I think he would have, I don't know, man. Have you seen uh, One Hour Photo? The movie where he played kind of like a psycho? Mm, I don't think so. I'm sure Check he could out. embody it because he's... He had the darkness in his like, personality. Yeah. I mean, he could channel it. Yeah, maybe that wouldn't have been so good. And in truth, he had even accepted the role. When producers approached Nicholson again and told him Williams would take the part, if he did not, Nicholson took the role. And wow. Williams was released. Williams 
resented being used as bait and not only refused to play Riddler in Batman Forever, but also refused to be involved in any Warner Brothers productions. He was mad mad. Rest in peace, Robin. I love you. I do too. Jack Nicholson received a percentage of the gross of the film, and due to its max's massive box office take, he took home around $60 million. It's <sighs> a lot back then. Well, when adjusting for wow. inflation, this equals roughly $143 million. He was Jeez. fine. So the man has all the money in the world to eat subs on boats and look fat. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. I love you, Rob, uh, Rob. Robin Williams. I love you we too, love Robin you. Williams. Jack Nicholson, I love you too. Wow. Um, Jack Nicholson said of his role, quote, the thing I like the thing I like about the Joker is that his sense of humor is completely tasteless. Did he also have issues with leaving that role like he, uh, Heath Ledger did? No. No. No, no. What I like about Nicholson is that, like, like those old timey actors, like Brian Cox on Succession, yes. they just go yeah, in and do ball. it, and then it turns right off. The take's mm-hmm. done, and they just, hey, did you see the party tray over there? Yeah, they some, got Pepper Jack. Some, that's what I like. Pe- some Jack actors completely Jack. embody it, and they are the character even in real life. And mm-hmm. yeah, what do you think you would? Be like that if you were to be an actor and take on a really serious role that you had to really zone in. Could you zone in and zone out? I mean, like, the, it depends on the role. Like, the Joker can be a really kind of almost demonic kind of uh, character. Yeah. Um, really sinister and just, like, and and not just being cruel, but laughing about it. Enjoying it. Oh, he said like, it was one of his favorite roles. He yeah, I bet. I bet. He said he gave it everything, like 110%, the saying goes. And Michael Keaton, who calls himself a logic freak, was concerned that Batman's secret identity would in reality be fairly easy to uncover and discussed ideas with Tim Burton to better disguise the character, including the use of contact lenses. Ultimately, Keaton decided to perform Batman's voice at a lower register than when he was portraying Bruce Wayne. The technique became a staple of future portrayals of Batman in film, television, and video games, especially those of Kevin Conroy and Christian Bale. Uh... What's his name? I forgot. <laughs> Bruce <laughs> I Wayne? Uh, it's, it's, ben it's, Affleck. Uh, it's a comedian. Um, I listen to his podcast Dang. all the time. Uh, uh, Pete, Holmes Pete Holmes does amazing satire uh, impersonations of Batman on YouTube. Check those out. If you, okay. Yeah. All right. Really, really funny shit. Good. Michael Keaton was unable to hear while wearing the bat suit. He said that his claustrophobia helped him... Get in the proper mood to play Batman. It made me go inward, and that's how I wanted the character to be mm-hmm. anyway, to be withdrawn. Again, with the kind of aloof. Yeah. In order to combat negative rumors about the production, a theatrical trailer was hastily assembled to be distributed to theaters to test its effectiveness. Warner Brothers executives showed it at theaters in Westwood, California, to an unsuspecting audience. The 90-second trailer received a standing ovation. Impressive. Jack Nicholson had a strict schedule stipulated into his contract that his casting call was to be later than most actors and actresses on the set. Nicholson was known for having late evenings up to 3 a.m. before he would get home. As he dined out every night or attended small parties, Michael Keaton would arrive early in the mornings and Nicholson would come in around 10 a.m. at the earliest and greet Keaton, then sit on his chair while he, probably while he's getting his makeup done. Mm. He would then tilt his head back and fall asleep immediately as the makeup artists worked on his prosthetics. (laughs) 
They're just this sleeping life, on the man. job. I didn't mention this, but this movie, these actors, this the whole thing, it's definitely got big dick energy. Mm-hmm. Like Han big Solo dick. and Star Wars. It's just the it's the way these guys operate. It get away with from, everything. From Jack Palance to Billy D. Williams to Nicholson to Keaton. They're mm-hmm. just like, hey man, we're here. Even though Keaton like I think was bewildered by working with Nicholson and excited. I mean, it was a big thing. It's like any of those like young actors getting a chance to work with Pacino or De Niro. Big bat dick energy. That's what I meant. According to Michael Keaton, his background in comedy proved useful in playing Batman because it gave him instincts in how to shape scenes and build dimension into his character. For example, in the scene when Vicky and Bruce are having dinner... Keaton suggested that they be seated far apart at a very long table and his line of dialogue, I don't think I've been in this room before is an, uh, another exam- example that he contributed the idea of Bruce hanging like a bat after sleeping with Vicky. I saw that yeah. scene and I was like, that is just weird. It's great. Like, he's, he's just swinging. That's what bats do. I'm a bat. <laughs> I'm a bat now. <laughs> um, <laughs> It makes, so weird. It makes all the other stuff he does even weirder and darker darker because you're thinking, ah, this guy's off. He is a little off. Jack Nicholson loved his performance in this film so much that at one point he was watching the film once a week at his house. I get it. Wow. Yeah. It's great. Everybody feels that way, Jack. He 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 loved himself. Uh Don Johnson, Dale. Dale Midkiff and William Peterson were considered for Harvey Dent. Billy D. Williams took the role with the expectation that he would be brought back to play Two-Face and reportedly had a contract clause added reserving the role for him during casting for Batman Forever. Warner Brothers decided they preferred Tommy Lee Jones and bought out Williams' contract. Stupid. But Williams voiced the character in the Lego Batman movie. Gotta say, my favorite Batman uh, is... uh. Batman and the animated series. I grew up with that. Yes. No, I get it. So. Michelle Pfeiffer, who was dating Michael Keaton at the time, was asked to audition for Vicky Vale, but Keaton was against it, saying it would be awkward. <clears throat> Pfeiffer would later be cast alongside Ke- Keaton as Selena Kyle slash Catwoman in Batman Returns after their relationship had ended. But it did kind of rekindle things. Oh, it had to have. How could it not? Domestically, it was the highest grossing movie of 89. It came second to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. This movie was released the year of the character's 50th anniversary. And it said, and I'll end it with this, that Bob Kane, when he was driving up, was so enamored with seeing the lines of people dressed as the Joker and Batman in lines in California that he cried. He was so Aww. happy. I bet. Touching. must have been really touching. Because finally people respected his creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he wanted them to go back to the style, the darker style of the way the comic had originated. But we'll get into that more in a Batman Origins episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this has been your Batman 89 episode. Thank you to Mike and Casey for joining me in the Rad Dad Kitchen studio. Thank you. Thank you for having us and your audience fall in love with you all over again as you talk about your passions. I get a little excited when it's talking. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for 
watching this video and subscribe to the YouTube, share it with a friend. Hopefully you learned something new about the movie. I tried to look through everything. And thing is, I, it's one of these things I know so much about, I get jumbled up in my head a little bit. And I don't want to always follow a script. So hopefully it doesn't feel like I'm just reading from one. But there's a lot of things that I loved about this movie. And it essentially brought upon the era of the mega blockbuster and ever since then, it's not even in the top 200 grossing movies of all time, which is crazy. Everything from like 2011 and up is, and it just so happens to be because we're in an era where the world's huge. And yeah. There, you have to factor in far and wide Chinese audiences and all those other things. Lots, but Lots more uh, movie theaters in the world as well. If you like this show, please follow us on Instagram. Follow us on all the things. Five stars will get you a shout out. Five. Five golden twinkly stars. Anyways, that's been your episode. Do you guys have anything you want to throw out there before we end this bad bear? I loved doing this episode with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been wearing my Batman pajama pants this whole time. It's I feel awesome. like a scrub. It's like every single time it's we videotape so this, I'm like, I'm not even going to take a shower. I'm just going <laughs> to show up like a scrub. Hey, no, this is the relaxing podcast. That's what I love about being part of this. Yeah, like I'm a part of this, but I still listen to every episode <laughs> that comes out. <laughs> yes, do it. Well, thank you for indulging me. Thank you, listeners. We love you. We'll see you next week. Have a great one.